So lesson learned, that's why I wipe three times now. here with John, back to give you some more riveting NFL commentary on what's going on here in the league. Uh, if you haven't listened to our previous recording, I promise you it is an hour of your life you will not get back, so feel free to go ahead and check that out. Uh, this week, we are the day before week three matchups. We're going to be looking at some betting lines for those of you who care about that stuff. We're also going to be looking at some interleague happenings, particularly we have some collusion going on in our league, or at least we will take a look and decide. Then we also are going to be looking at some fun things to watch for in tomorrow's matchups. I am here with John. John, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, I think it's worth noting that uh, most of you, I think, know that Joey lives in Texas, but he is in-house for this recording uh, at I my house, actually, and hopefully we'll be able to do a few more of these in person. Otherwise, for the most part, we'll be doing them uh, in separate rooms in separate parts of the country. Yes, it is always more fun to do things in the same room, I guess. I don't know. Everything's better with a beer. So, first on the docket, I know John was itching to take a look at some betting spreads, on, um, or at least what is uh, <clears throat> our betting lines that are set for tomorrow. So, John, you want to just give a brief intro on what these are and for those that have absolutely no idea? Yes. Uh, so, Kind of giving a brief synopsis of it, Vegas sets a spread, point spread, that one team will beat another team by a certain amount of points. Uh, so, for instance, last week when the Patriots played the Dolphins, I think the spread was 19 points. That means that they thought that the Patriots would win by 19. And if you think that the Patriots would have won by more than that, then you would have bet be over where anything 19 and a half points and over you would have won and in this case they won 43 to nothing so you probably should have safely bet that uh, otherwise if you think the if you thought the Dolphins would have won by or if the Dolphins would have won at all or lost by less than 19 then you would have won if you bet on that so so uh, it's kind of tricky if you're not familiar with it, but I've been kind of paying attention to it for a while, and I don't know how good I am. But So is it safe to say that let's say we see more of a normal betting line. Let's say you've got one team uh, is plus one. You know, Let's say a home team's plus one, away team's minus one. Safe to say you're pretty much deciding the winner right. when you pick the over and under. Something like you know negative 19, is, that's quite outrageous, which – I guess it wasn't outrageous enough because the Dolphins did not disappoint in their dramatic loss. Um, it is not rare, but uh, few and far between when you get a really, really good team and a really, really bad team and you get a point spread that's 
even 13 or higher. Uh, but in the case of the Dolphins, who are concentrating very hard on tanking this season, and probably the Jets, who are not going to do so well either, you're probably going to see a lot of spreads, uh, at least in the 15 to 20 range for the most part, I think. Okay. Well, are you ready to take a look at I some am. matchups? So, unfortunately, since we're doing this on Saturday, the Titans and the Jaguars already played, but we can still see what the final final line for that came out. <clears throat> um, the Jaguars were at home against the Titans. Gardner Minshew making his first start with, uh, with Nick Foles injured, and I don't even know who the backup was, but. Oh, is he? Was he the backup? That yeah, he was a backup. Yeah, so it was his first game as a starter. Um, a lot of questions surrounding that. So I took the Titans at negative one and a half. Okay. So I guess. Which pretty much means that the Jaguars, if they win or if they lost by only one, then. And if you bet the on um, if you bet the under on that with the Jaguars, you would have won. Okay. And I don't even have it in front of me, so I believe Oh, it'd be let's see if you can scroll. Might nope. Have, might have passed it. Oh, maybe you didn't. Nope. But luck of the draw, I believe that Tennessee ended up losing that game 7-20. to 20. They did. So not a good look for Tennessee. Horrible game for them. Losing to a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so since that's already in the past, there's not much to speculate. But it is proof that people can be wildly wrong when it comes to the spreads. Uh, the first matchup we have up for this week um, on Sunday, the first line I'm seeing here, we've got Atlanta against Indiana, and Atlanta is a plus 1.5. So that means a Colts negative one and a half points. I went with the Colts, min- I guessed Colts minus two. Um, I know a lot of people watching the Falcons Philly game last week um, may have been sucked in by that a little, and I think Vegas was counting on that. Uh, even though the Falcons did pull off a win, it was off a very uh, uncharacteristically successful last drive for them. So I think the Colts uh, in Vegas's eyes are still looking a little bit better and the better the better bet. So yes, that's why I went Colts minus two and. Vegas sounds like they agree with minus one and a half. Yeah, I don't really see anything that I can argue with that. I feel like Atlanta, they're kind of doing this thing they always end up doing at the beginning of the year where they kind of can't really find out what they're doing on offense. And, uh, yeah, definitely start out slow. So, also, uh, how do you feel about uh, Indianapolis with the Andrew Luck Late in the preseason retirement announcement, um, and how they're doing so far. I think they're one and one. So that's a good question. 
yes, they are. They are one and one. They won last week, but then in week one, I think they win the overtime against the Chargers. So yeah, yep. um, I think a lot of people are down on them. I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, Andrew Luck is gone. This is definitely the Texans' division to lose. Um, but I, I think I think the Colts still have a fair shot at it, and I would actually pick them to win the AFC South over Houston. Really? Yes. Interesting. We can fight about that later. But uh, so anyway, as far as uh, yeah, Indianapolis and Atlanta, not really much to argue about there. On the other hand, the next game on the slot here, we've got Baltimore at Kansas City. So this one was obviously a little bit more tricky if any of you watched football at all in the last two weeks. Obviously, you know Lamar Jackson and what he is capable of. Um, Lighten it up. Is doing just so. And then obviously Pat Mahomes um, has proven that he can win a game in just one quarter's worth of play as he put up four touchdowns in the second quarter, I think it was, last week against the Raiders. So um, I'm not, uh, not confident in the Chiefs' defense, but I'm more confident in their offense than <clears throat> the Ravens. So I went with the Chiefs minus five and a half points. Okay. You're pretty much sticking with the spread then. I I don't know. This one's kind of interesting. What's the actual spread? Actual spread is Colts negative five. Chiefs negative or Chief, five. Chiefs negative five. Sorry. Ooh, that's, ooh, very good. <laughs> so, well, five and a half. What? Chiefs Pick one. minus five and a half. That's, yeah, that's Okay, so I got it right on. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have no, I have no shit about this stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm kind of surprised by this. Um, I mean, yes, Baltimore is going into Arrowhead Stadium, which is always a tough place to play. Um, but I'm kind of surprised that Baltimore. Wait a second. Is this saying Baltimore is going to win? If there's a plus by it, then that means they're favored to lose. Oh. So it's saying that the Chiefs. Chiefs minus five and a half means that Chiefs are favored to win by five and a half points, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, this website is fucking confusing me as hell right now because it's saying that Baltimore will win. But maybe that's just. I think that's their prediction. It's not the okay. Not what Vegas is saying. Ah, okay. Well, that's confusing as hell. Well, sorry, we just wasted three minutes of your time. But yeah, honestly, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Chiefs taking it at home, although Hollywood Brown. Kind of curious to see what. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout, honestly. So that'll be a good one. Cincinnati at Buffalo. Cincinnati is is, uh, the underdog in this. Buffalo favored by six. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you sure? Buffalo minus. Holy 
Fuck. Yep, Buffalo minus okay. six at home. Such a shocking line that even John is getting his wallet out looking <laughs> to make his bets. I chose the Bengals minus two and a half. Uh-huh. So I was eight and a half points off on this one. Um, I, I kind of get the Josh Allen thing. Uh, I don't. We've seen glimpses a little bit of Andy Dalton and um, just his early season stuff that he can do. Obviously, he can't really get to December or the playoffs or anything like that. But I – wow, the Bills by six. I would I would, I would, would definitely bet the under on that. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I can think of is that the Bills have won their first two games and the Bengals still are searching for one, but I'm also kind of surprised by that because I guess these are two teams that nobody really thinks much of, um, but I guess I kind of thought more about Cincinnati. So, yeah, I guess if you're, uh, yeah, if you're looking to place your bets, that might be a good one. So, next on the docket, though, local favorites here. So I should guess first, and then you should tell me what the actual is. Oh, well, so, that's something. So you pick the pick the pick the matchup. Oh, that would have been great for the start of this podcast. What's the next matchup? Next matchup, we got Denver Broncos at Green Bay. So this is a very interesting one. Um, Packers apparently have strategy if you follow last game where they just jump out to an early lead and then don't do anything for the next three quarters. So I don't know if that'll work against Denver, but I'd be willing to bet on it because Joe Flacco has been less than useless. Um, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, neither of them have a sack so far this year. So, Packers at home. I went with Green Bay minus eight. Interesting. Well, currently at the spread, Green Bay is at minus seven at home. So not too far off. Um, Yeah, honestly, Denver haven't really done much worth looking at this season so far. I mean, I think they're still searching for their first win. And offensively, they look almost as dull as Green Bay did in that week one game against Chicago. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine the fucking bears beat them. So, well, uh, uh, in Denver, I mean, bears could be good. Okay. Well, John seems to be, uh, already hating, but I, you, you don't have to scroll too far to see what Chicago is now saying about Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, once again, we are finding an NFC North where you have Aaron Rodgers and then three other teams with no quarterback. That's very true. (laughs) So, all right, so no conflict there. Uh, Denver, trying to take too big of a shit out there tomorrow. Next on the docket, this one's kind of interesting. We got Detroit in Philly. Philly, minus four and a half point favorites against Detroit. John, I know you're sighing because we just had 30 seconds ago this aha moment where I don't give you the spread and you guess it. And clearly I fucked that up. (laughs) So, John, new direction here. 
Do you trust Philly to actually pull it out? I did. Against I Detroit. do. I had the Eagles minus four. Um, I think it's going to be. I think they're going to be a little bit shorthanded on offense. They do not have Alshon Jeffrey. They do not have Deshaun Jackson. So Nelson Aguilar is their only real receiving threat outside of Zach Ertz. Um, and we even saw him get banged up in that Atlanta game last week. So, um, and Carson Wentz, he got, you know, a couple of sh- real hard shots to the ribs as well. So he might not even be a hundred percent. Um, but I do like Jim Schwartz's defense, uh, on that Schwartz. um, and just the general feeling of no confidence with, Stafford trying to leave or lead a late game comeback or even protect a lead. So I don't know. He does now have Galladay taking his full strides and uh, their new tight end, whose name I don't remember because he's a rookie from uh, Iowa. I think that's Hockenberg or Hock. Uh, God, fuck. Jumping in to save John here, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson, whatever. He had a promising week one outing uh, versus Arizona when they had a disgraceful tie. And then kind of didn't really do anything last week. So if Stafford can find him, he does seem to be a fantastic receiving option. I know Stafford loves to give the ball to the other team once he gets under pressure. But Hawkinson should play a decent role in helping him get out of those. So all in all, um, I always like to hate on the NFC East, but in this one, I also like to hate on Detroit. So, yeah, I don't really see anything to argue with here for Philly, four-and-a-half-point favorites. But speaking of disappointments, Miami at Dallas. Last week versus the Patriots, Miami was plus 19. John, can you guess what they are this week versus Dallas? I honestly do not see – a huge difference between that and this. So I went with the I went with the Cowboys minus eighteen. Interesting. Cowboys minus eighteen. So you're taking the under on Miami's law or I don't know what I'm about right now. I'm, just, pr- I'm just predicting what Vegas set the line. So at. you're guessing that Vegas thinks Miami is gonna lose by less than what they predicted that Miami would lose to New England. Well, in actuality, I think it could be a wash. It could be even worse now that Minka Fitzpatrick got traded to Pittsburgh. Um, so I seriously do not know. I don't think I can name more than five five players on that roster. And usually I'm pretty good about that with most teams. Um, not that I know who the fuck Minka Fitzpatrick was, except that he played for Alabama. Honestly, when I saw a headline saying Fitzpatrick was traded, I thought they were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Anyway, Miami are 22-point underdogs, plus 22, Dallas minus 22 in Dallas. Uh, I don't see Dallas really stomping Miami like we saw New England do. New England I have a lot more faith in um, to just put on a clinic like that with Belichick. Honestly, the Cowboys, to me – I see this game being a lot closer. I see them letting Miami get a few points. Um, still winning, but probably not 22 points. If I were a betting man, I'd probably 
actually go a little lighter just because I can see. So you think this is a game that the Dolphins get their first touchdown of the season? I didn't say touchdown, but I do think they're going to put some points on the board and Dallas is going to play to their skill set. Because one thing that I do believe Dallas um, has a habit of doing is they kind of coast when they feel they can. That's something drastically different than what they do in New England where Tom Brady does not sit. And Belichick does not take his foot off your throat until 60 minutes is over. And if the clapper Jason Garrett uh, is up by enough, in the fourth, he will oh, definitely yeah. pull. Right, you're going to see down. Zeke and Dak sitting. Jerry is going to tell him to pull <laughs> both of them. You're going to see Witten on the sideline drinking a Pedialyte. And, uh, yeah, you're going to see a backup show. Romo with a Corona yep. as well. So, all right, so we're pretty much, I think, well, so what did you say? You, you say you'd go? So I guessed at eight, it was 18 points. Okay, so we both would say. Not as extreme as losing by 19, but probably close enough. So next on the lineup, we've got another great matchup. New York Jets at New England. So I know a spread is going to be closer to 20. That is 10 or 15. So I just went 18 again. Patriots. You're pretty close. Jets plus 21, New England minus 21. Um, honestly, after seeing that game against Cleveland and the fact that they're, I mean, they're out of QB, I heard rumor that Bell might not be able to play. Um, Probably his choice, not by not injury. <laughs> I just had a sheer <laughs> saving face. Uh, Jets are pretty banged up, so would not be surprised to see an absolute onslaught. Although I feel like this matchup every year kind of is surprising. I feel as though all the all the Jets Patriots games that I've watched, um, especially the first of the season. New York somehow finds a way to at least make it close enough for a little discomfort. Not saying that's what we're going to see tomorrow, but I kind of want to say I don't. I, I would pick the under for New York. So I think, I think everyone can agree the Patriots are going to win this game. Uh, definitely worth noting that even if it is close, I don't think they get within two scores. Um, it is worth noting that the Jets, since Rex Ryan left, have never won in Gillette Stadium. And that was that was the Mark Sanchez years, I think back in dating back 2009 or so. Um, so it's 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 been a pretty long time and uh, this uh, this will not break that cycle. Fair enough. All right, next up, two teams that, haven't really found themselves this year, I feel. We got Oakland at Minnesota. This one's a little bit tougher. Um, I saw the Raiders come out swinging um, in week one against, I think it was Denver, and somehow pulled off the win. And I think most people expected them not to because that was 
after Antonio Brown had left. Um, and then they come back next week with they put up a couple quick scores on Kansas City, and then they I don't know if they even scored the rest of the game after that. Um, so it's hard what to make of them if they just had a fluke first game and now you got the Vikings, who are pretty solid at every aspect um, except quarterback, which is kind of a big thing in this league. So uh, I have zero confidence that Kirk Cousins can do anything except dump the ball off. So I think this might be a little bit closer uh, than most people would think, um, probably closer than Vegas thinks. I went the Vikings minus three. Okay, fair assessment. Vikings uh, currently nine-point favorites against Oakland at home. Um, honestly, though, I kind of agree with you. I do not trust the Vikings to really go at anybody right now after seeing their first two games. Um, and, yeah, Oakland shows signs of spark. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like playing in a dome – Early in the season, I don't think Oakland's going to, you know, not going to be outside their element at all. Um, yeah, I can see it being – I think I could honestly see Oakland pulling this one out. So, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd put Oakland at minus three. Well, you would – so you would take – yeah, you would bet you would bet the under then. Yeah. Say they at least lose by eight and a half. Do you get money to be more aggressive? I think we should start off with like a million fake dollars and actually bet on some of this and see how we come out at the end of the year. I do think we need to go back to doing that one week head to head matchup daily fantasy. Actually, no, screw that. Cause that's just players. They should have something we picked though. You, you just basically bet the spread for every game and the ones you get right, you get points. The ones you get wrong, you lose points. Get on that DraftKings or whoever you are, or if one exists. Very, very juicy sponsor opening right there. Oh, yeah. Opening the door. Just come on in. All are welcome. We'll take anything. Stickers, coupons. Cash. (laughs) Cash. (laughs) All right. Let's move this train like a lawn. Carolina at Arizona. So I'm sure this um, this line has moved a lot since uh, the beginning of the week. Uh, I think a couple days ago it came out Cam Newton is not playing in this game. Um, and with how Kyler Murray has looked uh, in his bounce back against Detroit and then in the last week as well getting, getting the win. Um, did they get the win? I don't know. They no, they lost, the barely week. lost. Yep. And yeah, then they tied the week before. Both teams will um, be searching for their first win. Yes. Woof. Um, I still have, I have a lot more confidence in the Cardinals with uh, with Cam out. I don't even know if I would have taken the Panthers, even if he was in. He's off to a horrible start this year. Uh, so I took the guest, the Cardinals, minus four and a half. Interesting. Well, Cardinals are favored at minus two. Um, yeah, honestly, I I see this being lower scoring um, only because I can't see Carolina's 
backup offense really taking any stride. But all in all, yeah, I see Arizona winning at home. And to be fair, they do have the slightly better record as an advantage at their one loss and one tie. Um, so speaking of incredible records, it is worth noting that Detroit is undefeated. <laughs> one win and one tie. That is very even, generous even of you. Most people would consider that tie a loss. I think even people in Detroit consider that a loss. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they do. The last decade for them has been a loss. Yeah, well, since the whole whole franchise. Since 1991. Everybody. Since Barry Sanders left. Yeah, well, yeah, since their one playoff win in 1991. It's been pretty much downhill since, and it wasn't really uphill before then either. That's the only banner they have. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, here's another interesting game. Given recent news that came out, we've got the New York Giants. Versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giants I have, will be playing with their rookie quarterback. I have no idea what to make of this. Um, obviously, with Daniel Jones playing. Um, and yeah, you got Saquon outside of that. I don't know anything about that team, um, except there's no receivers pretty much. And then Tampa, Jameis Winston, just... Him and uh, him and Mike Evans cannot get on the same page. Chris Godwin has put up some good fantasy numbers. Um, I I didn't know what to do with this one, so I I said it was just a pick 'em, no spread. Um, and I'm sure Vegas went one way, but I can't see them picking one of them by more than three points. Well, Vegas has Tampa favored by six. Holy fuck me. I know. Although I'm curious as though if that's been adjusted since the news came out. So I cannot, I can't buy into that. Um, I get it that it's a rookie QB in his first game, um, but what have the Buccaneers done in the first two weeks to show that they're capable of winning by a touchdown? Um, I shouldn't see anything. (laughs) I'm... I, I would definitely take the under on that. I put all faith in Saquon. Saquon is going to pick up his backup quarterback and run him into the end zone. Literally. <laughs> That's probably the best chance they have. <laughs> He's going to pick him up and use those thunder legs, plow through Tampa Bay, and win. Uh, second to last matchup we got here for the Sunday games. We've got Houston at the Chargers. This one's going to be kind of interesting, I feel. This is a really, this is another game that was really tough. Um, I probably could have went pick them, but I did take the Chargers minus one and a half. So pretty much saying that it is a pick them, but they would still win. Um, I have not seen enough from from the Texans. Uh, I know that Hopkins has had some good games um, through the first two games of the season so far. Deshaun Watson has been sacked 10 times. That's even though they beefed up their offensive line. Um, I, 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 I don't get it. How, how they can't protect him. Um, and then you got, you know, guys like Joey Bosa who is going to be coming after him in this game. So uh, yeah, I, I like the Chargers minus one and a half. 
Well, I can't agree with you more. Um, and neither can Vegas. Vegas has them at minus three, Houston plus five. What? LA Chargers minus three. What was the plus five? Oh, sorry, plus oh, three. Okay. Did I say five? Well, I meant to say three. Only the best around here. But, yeah, no, can't really argue with, the, with you there. Uh, Houston hasn't really done anything to show um, that they'll really go against it. I think the three points, um, it's pretty close. It may even be a bit further than that. Well, so as a Houston native, what are you hearing? Um, legitimately, I have heard nothing about um, – Anything during the you know during the season here, I've been here in Wisconsin uh, since the start of the season, so have not been keeping up on my Houston news. So with that disappointment, let's move on to a more interesting matchup. Well, less interesting since Drew Brees has been ruled out for the game. We've got New Orleans at Seattle. This one, I'm actually kind of surprised at the point spread. Um, but first, yeah, John, what do you got? I don't like that you said that. Um, I think that, well, I don't know what the Saints are going to do at quarterback. Um, I, th- I think I heard they're going to start Teddy Bridgewater, although I think Taysom Hill might be the better option because um, he is a little bit more um, diverse in what he can do. He's, he's pretty much – played every close to every position for them um it seems over the last two years so um but with drew Brees out i don't know if bridgewater and michael thomas can get that connection um you know before the seahawks get too far ahead um seahawks despite you know staying under the radar pretty much are two and oh so i took the seahawks minus seven and a half Okay. Well, Vegas doesn't disagree with you too much. Vegas has them minus four and a half at home versus New Orleans. Yeah, honestly, until you know who's starting, it's kind of hard to pick. Kind of trust Bridgewater a little bit, but honestly, Hill's just way more fun to watch. So, Um, Either way, I don't think they're winning, uh, especially not in Seattle uh, afternoon game. I just think first game without Breeze, New Orleans probably is going to struggle finding themselves. Uh, and you're right, Seattle, you don't hear much about this year. They always tend to do this where you don't really hear much in the beginning of the year, and then suddenly you see them at the top of the NFC West, and you're wondering what you missed. But don't really see them losing at home. Next on the docket, final afternoon game, Pittsburgh at San Francisco. Pittsburgh, by the way, no Ben Roethlisberger. That's correct. He is out for the year with a broken elbow, I think it was. Old age. Old Old age. age. Yeah, that's what they labeled it, right? Yep, yep, yep. So after the 49ers destroyed Cincinnati, um, I think we see a little bit more what Jimmy G is capable of. They got that running game going. Um, their defense is actually suspiciously underrated so far. Nobody's paying attention to that, but they're definitely holding their own as well. Um, Steelers coming off of that shellacking uh, in Foxborough in week one, and then following it up 
last week with uh, with the injury to Big Ben. Um, Juju, he has not proven that he can be a number one without Antonio Brown there. Uh, that that team just looks a mess. So I took the 49ers minus nine and a half. Vegas isn't too far off from that. San Francisco is minus six and a half. Favorite over Pittsburgh at home. Um, yeah, really can't argue with that there. I'll be honest, have not seen much of San Francisco this year, but uh, I also do know that Pittsburgh is dog uh, shit. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're kind of dead in the water right now. But you never know. They could turn it around. Probably not. Next year. But, yeah, there's always next year. And the Sunday night matchup, the L.A. Rams taking on the Cleveland Browns. The most exciting matchup and probably the only time NFL Sunday night football, at least that I know of, would actually be coming to Cleveland. This is almost like the Super Bowl, John. Who do you have? It's definitely a Super Bowl for for Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth because uh, they have not been there. And I don't know if they've ever been there, <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously the Browns with a ton of hype, obviously with Mayfield and, um, and Odell and uh, Nick Chubb, that whole defense with Miles Garrett. Um, I don't like the showing that they did against the Jets last week. I think they should have won by a lot more. Um, it, wasn't a good win, I guess a win nonetheless, but the Rams are the Rams. Um, I think Aaron Donald is going to cause a lot of trouble for Mayfield all game. And I'm going to say the Rams minus six. Well, surprisingly, um, six is not what they went with, but they are minus three and a half point favorites against Cleveland. I feel like that is a little low. Um, I mean, so I agree, you know, I, I would agree that the Rams will win by at least three. Um, I see it being a lot more, honestly. Um, but I just also maybe, you know, a bit biased by the fact that it is the Cleveland Browns. Um, and you're right. They played last week against the Jets team. They were without a quarterback. They were missing several key offensive pieces. And still, you know, they didn't really pull it out until the very end. Or at least pull away. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Well, that's how bad some of these teams are. Like, could you, can you name five Jets right now? Starting Jets? Any Jets. <laughs> uh... That's unfair because I had even forgotten the name of their quarterback. <laughs> I, Wait, can, I can name uh, all three of their quarterbacks only because they – well, only because two are injured and I've just heard that about the third string one. Who's their starting one? Oh, is that – So Darnold got – Darnold, that's Darnold. got Mono from kissing some guy. And that's then, right. He got Mono. And then Simeon is done. And now Luke Falk is their third string starter. It is his time to shine. Yes. All, all the lights are on him. Oh, yeah. And then Monday Night Football, we've got Chicago in Washington. 
this is um, this is right up there, I think, with uh, with a matchup like the Titans Jaguars and Bills Bengals is probably one of the biggest dog shit matchups of the week. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anyone is going to watch this one, so. I don't know. I haven't seen anything from Washington um, to uh, say that they're going to win this week one. We watched that and or we watched glimpses of it, I guess. They had a good lead on Philadelphia and then they just blew it and uh, Eagles ended up winning that one. I think they scored 31 points straight or something like that. And then you got Trubisky on the Bears who's been playing like shit. Um, they, the Bears have been winning old school football. Yes. Which is you basically don't have a quarterback and your defense does all the heavy lifting. Very much like 2005 or 2006 Rex Grossman. Um, so I think the Bears are the better of the two. Not by much. I took the Bears minus three. Well. You are within a point. Bears minus four in Washington. Honestly, I'm a bit torn here. I can't see the Bears offense doing anything. That stadium at night can be loud, and Mitchell Trubisky is pretty awful. So I just don't – I see it being extremely close, and I think I think Washington can win it Monday night under the lights. Um I have no rhyme or reason as to how or why, but I just feel like given the atmosphere and given that Trubisky is the one driving that ship, um, yeah, I can't help but feel like Washington would be the one to pull out. Let's put Washington minus two. That's what I'll go with. What are the odds that Chicago wins and covers a spread because their defense recovers a fumble or takes a pick six? That is actually very likely. I think that's more likely. I think the odds are higher for the Chicago defense to score more points than the offense. But that's just me. Um, Yeah, that's it for the betting spreads. Hope you've got some valuable information there. I know we didn't. So get out your checkbooks, call your bookies, throw some money away after listening to our fantastic commentary. Uh, next up in our coverage tonight, and moving on to our local league, Collusion. Have we seen some? John brought this up the other day, looking at the waiver history of the league. John, what can you tell us? Oh, nothing. Just involving a little quarterback in here, Rodgers. Um, looks like just dropped him uh, so that Joe could pick him up right away. Um, not sure. I'm not really sure what to make of it. I don't know if I even care. But. If this were three years ago, that would be suspicious, given the relation of the two team owners um although i'm honestly not that high on aaron Rodgers this year especially after those first two games showed signs of great uh potential uh first quarter of that minnesota game this last week and then did absolutely nothing the remaining three quarters so yeah honestly i mean not too high on aaron Rodgers, so don't really care too much 
I guess the only thing is if Joe wins and Rodgers is still on his team, then there will be a big asterisk next to that win. So. <laughs> so, but anyway, so happenings around our league these last couple of weeks. Uh, I know the last time we came at you with some knowledge, we were celebrating the night before week one kickoff. So since then, we've had two full weeks of gameplay um, and the league is moving around a bit as far as wins and losses. Um, taking a look here at last week, a um, couple things stood out. I think the biggest one for me, I snuck out a win versus uh, Colin's team. Um, by what the heck was that? 83.3 over 82.5.8 points. I snuck away with that one. Honestly, was not uh, not anticipating that. I'll admit I did not even watch that final game because I did not think I would win. But I do believe the victory came off of a last-minute field goal. But, I think it was even last second. Yeah, yeah, last second field goal by my kicker to save that. So sorry, Colin. I know that you've got the 0-2 record. Um, you've definitely been playing better than that. You've just hit a spot of poor luck, I believe, which, uh, yeah, well, a few spots of poor luck, seeing as how you got Cam Newton as your quarterback. Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, anyway, elsewhere in the league, um, what do we got here? We've got leaderboard so far through two weeks. In the East, we've got one team that's 2-0, which is our Gordon Savior, owned by John, coincidentally, here sitting next to me. And also, coincidentally, Leading in the West, we've got Out of Luck, which is my team. Um, doesn't look good for everyone else. <laughs> um, but uh, we've had some close calls. Um, believe it or not, I well, let me see. So I'll explain this to you. I don't. I have no idea how I won last week. I, I think. Uh, I came down to that Jets uh, Jets Browns game, and I was playing against Jess, and I saw Le'Veon Bell had pretty much, or I think it was him. I think uh, he put her score, you know, a few points above mine. So I don't know if there was some kind of stat correction later in the week or something, but I I, I thought I lost the game because I turned the uh, stopped monitoring the score after I saw that she took a lead on it. So I don't know if there was a fumble or what the case was, but yeah, it was only a 1.7 point win for me. So slimmest of margins. Hmm. Maybe that's what the collusion really was. Oh, kill me now. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, just looking here at the season stats, uh, seeing some poor luck by some of the lower – uh, half teams, which is probably a sign that they are going to be bouncing back here shortly. 
seventh-ranked team in the league, Colin's team, uh, my scientific hypotenuse. He actually has uh, the third most oh, – nope, nope, correct that. He's got the fourth most points for, but he is still sitting at seventh in the rankings. Uh, big surprise here, we have – no, fifth most. Oh, yeah, look at that. Big surprise, and probably the first nominee for the Poor Luck Award goes to Dave's team, Zeke Hu, who has 234 points for and 200 points against, but he's still sitting at that one and one record. So dominant victory one week and dominating defeat the other week. Um. Otherwise, in our league, honestly, week two, after two weeks, still pretty fresh. People are getting used to their teams and just kind of what to look for with their players and also are now starting to deal with injury changes and effects of those. So good job, everybody. Let's shimmy on over to look at the matchups that we got coming up here this week. I know we've already had our Thursday night game play, and so some people are already seeing some points on the board, but that is never a guarantee of outcome uh, for what we will see tomorrow and Monday. So, first matchup to take a look at, John. Who do you want to? Who do you, you, you want to put under the microscope first here? Um, since you're playing against, uh, against Charis, let's, let's hop into that one first. Of course. So currently, um, there are points on the board. Um, I'm sitting up with 10.7, but with only, uh, eight players still to play after Derek Henry gave me 44 yards and a touchdown and 10.7 points. Uh, he's going head-to-head -head against Charis's flex, which is Robert Woods. Um, can't really say much about Woods. Um, he's projected to get 8.8. Um, yeah. Um, he had a pretty good game against Carolina week one, um, eight receptions. But then, yeah, dipped a little bit against the Saints last week as – Neither team really got that much going um, until the breeze industry or breeze injury. Um, so on the year, he still has yet to get his first touchdown. So maybe this is a good a good breakout game for him. Obviously with uh, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup um, also out there, a lot of a lot of guys to feed, and there's only only so many passes to go around. Yeah, I guess um, taking a look here at the matchup, here's an interesting question that I always like to ask John week to week. Um, who do you start? Who do you sit? Currently on the starting rosters, we have two QBs. Charles has Deshaun Watson. I've got Kyler Murray. Uh, I don't have a backup quarterback because that's just how I roll. However, Charis has Tom Brady as well sitting on that bench. So, John, who do you have more faith in to score more points this week, Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady? Um, you know, obviously I know, you know being, being a little bit of a homer, um, Charis might want to start Watson, and he obviously does have the 
potential to just take off and get those rushing yards as well. I think the Chargers have a little bit more of a threat, actually a lot more of a threat, though, uh, to affect his numbers defensively um, than the Jets. So I I would take Brady in this one. Yeah, surprisingly a bit with the first two games, uh, especially after that shellacking that Brady and team put on Miami. Uh, Brady has averaged 25 points a game compared to Deshaun Watson's 21. Um, I know Watson is playing in L.A. this week, and Brady is at home versus the Jets. So, yeah, tough one to call. I do like Watson for his ability to get points on the ground. Um, But I'm also playing Charles, so, you know, go ahead and and pick your fave. Next up on the running backs, um, my starting running backs, I always, since I don't have backup quarterbacks or backup really any backup position other than running back and wide receiver. I often find myself quite stacked in that category, but Charis also has the same. So current running back starting, we've got Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram for Charis's team. And I have Saquon Barkley and Los Angeles chargers, Austin Eckler, um, with Derrick Henry, who's already played in my in my flex position, um, and so Barkley, I feel is kind of a non-negotiable week one or just week to week starter. Um, so not really going to ever take him off, seeing as how he is pretty much New York's offense. Um, but otherwise, John, you know who do you see scoring more points, Barkley or Aaron Jones? Um, I mean, as far as who scores more points, that's always, it's always up in the air. I mean, you can't, like you said, you can't not ever not start Barkley. Um, just, you know, he doesn't get taken number one in drafts and he doesn't, he's not the most expensive guy in auction drafts for nothing. So, um, yeah, obviously he's never coming out of your lineup, uh, until bye week, but yeah, I, I like your your picks with Barkley and Eckler. Uh, Eckler's been having a hell of a run so far. Um, Chargers, I'm sure, do not miss Melvin Gordon at all with the way Eckler's been playing. Um, but yeah, looking at Charles's team, Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, Ravens run the ball a lot, uh, especially on KC's suspect defense. So. And then, obviously, with Sonny Michelle and James White, you never know who's going to be the dominant uh, running back. Um, last week, we saw Michelle. He actually had a pretty sizable workload. Um, he had 21 carries against the Dolphins. It only amounted to about four yards of carry. Still got in the end zone, though. Um, I think he's averaging about 14 fantasy points a game. So, not a horrible option, I think, if you maybe consider taking your Robert Woods out of your flex spot for Sonny Michelle. Um, but then again, you know, Robert Woods obviously has the potential to just uh, go off into a, like a two touchdown hundred yard game or something like that. So um, kind of a coin flip there. Also, also Tyler Boyd is on her bench. Who's getting a lot of looks. Um, especially with A.J. Green out at least for the next couple of weeks. So 
another possible option that um, could be a flex substitution. I don't know if I would start Woods there. Uh, if you got Michelle and Boyd, who have shown they have more production in the last two weeks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. I'm always a fan of throwing a running back in that flex just because I feel as a running back's kind of more insurance behind their points production based on who they are. Um, but, yeah, honestly, when it comes to wide receivers, I really have no faith in anybody because in any given week, one can always get shut down. Speaking of which, she has DeAndre Hopkins and Cooper Cup. Um, my wide receivers, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay. Galladay, of course, riding my bench the last two weeks when he made in the end zone both weeks. Um, Thielen being constant disappointment, I feel. And Mike Evans, whom I benched because he has done absolutely nothing. Um, so piggybacking off our off the spreads conversation with Chicago and Washington, I like how – uh, out of both your lineups currently, Chicago defense that she has is the only player that I guess you'd call it going on Monday night. And question for you is if you have what's the high, what's a what's the lowest point lead that you would have where you would feel comfortable that you don't think the Bears can top. So if you, if you're, so you're 12, saying if I'm going point, into Monday if you're night, a twelve point lead going into Monday night, how confident are you that you're going to win, knowing that? Honestly, I would want a fifteen point. <laughs> I would want to be up fifteen points. Uh, the Bears are monsters. They are pretty much that whole team. Um, they're averaging only six and a half points. Um, I think they're doing a better job of stopping than causing turnovers like what we saw last year. Um, yeah, I honestly, when it comes to defenses, like, yeah, I mean, I need like 15 points ahead in order to feel that I'm comfortable, but I could see the bears coming out of this with, I mean, less than 10. So the first two outings, green Bay, they only allowed 13 points. Um, However, I mean, they had five sacks, but other than that, no interceptions, real no turnovers. They got eight points. And then last week against Denver, where they basically, again, shut out that team. Um, they were able to have one interception, but only had two sacks. They allowed only 14 points, and they only got five. So, honestly, well, okay, I guess maybe we can go down 12 points. I'd probably feel comfortable, but really not much less than that. So, uh, next up on the matchup, let's look over at our Gordon Savior playing against Team Barnes, which I think is Joe Barnes. Yes. All right. Look there. Familiar. Newly acquired Aaron Rodgers. Newly acquired Aaron Rodgers leading the charge. Happen to find him on He's also got James Conner, LaShawn McCoy, Devontae Adams, Jamison Crowder, Jason Witten, who is literally bald. Old man bald in his headshot. That's funny. Yes, he does. Also, Leigh Fitzgerald, Patriots defense, and a guy named Joey Sly. 
Carolina kicker. Um, Joe is having a very unfortunate bench scenario right now. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Tyreek Hill out. Antonio Brown cut. Melvin Gordon out. Trevin Coleman out. He does have Carson Wentz in case he wants to bench newly acquired Rodgers. Otherwise, he's got David Njoku, injured reserve. And Peyton Barber, Tampa Bay's is a backup running back. I think he's our starter, but he still sucks. No. Okay. So not much wiggle room going on here for Joe. So not really much to talk about. Uh, can't really see many changes. That all that Aaron Rodgers help uh, looks looks a little bit. That makes a little more sense now. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh boy. Well, let's all take a moment of silence for Joe. As do fully yeah. expect the Patriots to put up somewhere between 10 and 15 points. 10 and 15 points on defense. They are projected to get 10.2. And holy God, they've averaged 19.5 points on defense. They've allowed six points on the year so far. So that makes sense. Holy crap. They, take, they got 32 points last week. In their dominant performance against Miami, two TDs, four interceptions, seven sacks. Holy guacamole. Well, do you think they're going to do that same thing to the Jets? Um, the only difference is no. Uh, no, no, I don't. No. Okay. Yeah, that solves that conversation. Only possible thing maybe is Le'Veon Bell somehow breaks away and gets a touchdown, might even be in garbage time. Um, But we don't even know if the Jets would play him in garbage time. Uh, Another thing, the real basic thing about New England and Bill Belichick is they find your best player and they take him away. So... um, being that Bell is not only their best, but probably their only player, uh, I would I would suspect that uh, the Jets are going to have a very hard time scoring. Um, unfortunately, that's one of those players is uh, starting for Joe's wide receivers. Jamison Crowder. So maybe there's some kind of balance that they can meet there. Yeah. When one door closes, another may open or remain locked. When you have a third-string quarterback throwing to you. Uh, John's lineup, can't really say much about it, given um, – well, actually, no, let's take a look at this. Lamar Jackson, so you're the lucky son of a gun that ended up scooping him up. Uh, Lamar Jackson at QB, Dalvin Cook running back. Dalvin Cook's been having a great year so far. Yeah, on Johnson in Detroit. That's what I thought when we had the draft. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver. Josh Gordon, uh, Zach Ertz, tight end. Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown for Baltimore in the flex. Um, then you got Minnesota's defense. And is it Kaimi? Fairborn, kicker? From from your state. You should... He's from my state. <laughs> from your hood. Well, anyway. Um, so the question I have here possibly is do I maybe consider taking out Juju since uh, I wait till he gets going 
Um, they do have John Ross, who's put up some pretty big numbers so far. Obviously, like we said, aforementioned, AJ Green is out for a while. Um, John Ross, in his absence, is averaging 23 points a game. And then Demarcus Robinson was the hot hand for Patrick Mahomes last week. In week one, it was Sammy Watkins. That does seem, yeah, it so, seems he, uh, they alternate who he targets yeah. based on other teams' adjustments week to week. Right. At least that's the only explanation I can have as to why Demarcus Robinson went off and Sammy Watkins in week one went off and then in week two was barely existent. So, so John Ross seems the most, most consistent. Uh, Demarcus Robinson seems like the most born bust. And Juju Smith-Schuster just seems like a bust. I guess, yeah, the only thing I could say is taking a look at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, John Ross has some upside, so if you do want to bench Juju, you'll probably go with him. He seems to be putting up some great numbers here. But when you look at it, too, they're consistent. Yes. So, yeah, I mean – That'd be probably the one change I'd make to your lineup, honestly. Because there's no way I'm getting off the Hollywood Brown train. Josh Gordon, I would assume, I can only assume, really, that he's going to have a step up with Brown now being cut. Um, yeah. The only thing that I might consider, Kerryon Johnson seemed to be kind of a bum, although he did have a nice reception last week which kind of saved the day. Uh, yeah, Matt Breida hasn't really done much, so not really sure who you'd replace uh, Johnson with. Because, yeah, all the other running backs seem to not really be doing anything. Yeah, guess you just ride that train out and see what happens. That's the fun joy of week three. Moving along, let's uh, let's take a look at a couple couple Michigan guys going at it. Your friends Colin and Dave, um, who Dave already has put up about 17 points in that horrible Thursday night game in Tennessee and in Jacksonville. Um, and this is an interesting one. Um, so Colin currently is starting. Matt Ryan at QB. Christian McCaffrey at running back. Alvin Kamara as his second running back. Wide receivers are Amari Cooper and Brandon Cooks. And then he's got Travis Kelsey at tight end. Sammy Watkins at his flex. Bill's defense. Um, and then Harrison Butker, Kansas City's kicker, as his. His bench, he's gotten out Cam Newton. He's also got Tyler Lockett, wide receiver out of Seattle, Philip Lindsay out of Denver, Vance McDonald, tight end out of Pittsburgh, Kenyon Drake, running back out of Miami, Miles Sanders out of Philly, and Robbie Gold, kicker out of San Francisco. Not why sure why you kickers? would have two kickers. 
I would definitely make an adjustment to that. Um, otherwise, honestly, very solid starting lineup. I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, he doesn't have two victories this year. Um, and he actually has two losses. Unfortunately for him, I think he won the award week one for missed opportunities with Sammy Watkins on his bench putting up 38.7 fantasy points when he was the beneficiary of Pat Mahomes uh, as you know, as his favorite target. So otherwise this week here going up against Dave. Dave's got Dak Prescott QB, Todd Gurley as his RB1, Nick Chubb as his RB2, Julio Jones as his wide receiver one, and then Keenan Allen, wide receiver two. Delaney Walker as his tight end has already given him 7.1 points or seven receptions for 64 yards. And then Leonard Fournette in the flex, putting up 66 yards rushing. Uh, questionable on defense, he's got Chargers defense versus Houston. Um, that could produce a lot when it comes to turnovers or you know potential you know scoring. Otherwise, I'm not too sure about that one. And then Brett Mayer, Dallas's kicker. Um, looking at his bench, Stefan Diggs, wide receiver, Mike Williams, a lot of the charters. Allen Robinson, who very wide receiver heavy, it looks like. Terry Cohen is a running back, Jarvis Landry as well, Davis Murray out of New Orleans, and Matt Stafford at QB. Not really seeing many changes to either of these two lineups. Um... The only thing that I might think of. No, actually, no, I wouldn't even do that. The only thing, I mean. Uh, I wouldn't make any adjustments for the lineups. Um, yeah. The keys to this matchup uh, really is going to come down, obviously, with Kelsey and Watkins being in the lineup for <clears throat> for Colin. Uh, how well that Kansas City can execute against that Baltimore defense. And on the other side, that Sunday night game, you got Chubb and Gurley both playing in that game. So double dipping for that. Uh, that's still, Those two matchups, they're really what's going to uh, determine, I think, who's going to really win this one. Yeah. Well, already, last but not least, we've got Becca. And the right hand Mannings against Jess and the Donovan Barnes. Oh, right. Jess is the lucky recipient of Patrick Mahomes as her QB. Followed by David Johnson out of Arizona for RB1. Le'Veon Bell for her RB2. She has Michael Thomas out of New Orleans as a wide receiver one. And then Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay wide receiver. Tight end Mark Andrews. Not really sure who that is, but uh, qualified Calvin Ridley in the flex, 49ers defense, and Greg Zerlian, uh, Los Angeles Zerline, Los Angeles Rams kicker. Um, so Mark Andrews is one of the beneficiaries to, uh, for Lamar Jackson, um, and he's I don't know if Andrews got any end zone yet, but he's 
getting it looks like eight receptions a game and oh wow look at that yards. so he's uh he's i didn't know who he was but i should have holy cats oh, yeah, 17.6 points in week one 18 in week yeah, two he does have a touchdown each game so yes he has quiet, quietly become the best the num- tight end. yeah say number one ranked tight end well never mind folks i should have probably done more research before this wow didn't see that one coming um. Yeah. Otherwise, on our bench, Alshon Jeffrey, Royce Freeman, Christian Kirk, Tyrell Williams. Uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, what did I say? Okay, Nelson Aguilar, Terry McLaurin, and then Becca has Russell Wilson in the QB slot. She's got Chris Carson as her RB1, Zeke Elliott, RB2. She's got Odell Beckham as her wide receiver one, Julian Edelman, wide receiver two, George Kittle, San Francisco tight end, Devontae Freeman, Atlanta running back in her flex, Rams defense, and she's also got the notorious for any Becca team, Justin Tucker at kicker. Uh, bench side, she's got D.D. Westbrook from Jacksonville, already giving her 5.5 points on the bench. Rashad Penny, questionable out of Seattle at running back. Marvin Jones Jr. out of Detroit. Deshaun Jackson, who is ruled out in Philly. Also Jordan Howard. Um, Darwin Thompson and Josh Allen as a backup QB. Again for Becca. Not really seeing too many changes that I would even consider. Um... I don't know if I'd change anything for Becca's lineup. The only thing I might consider changing for Jess's is uh, possibly Kelvin Ridley in her flex spot. I think he's a little bit boomer bust. Um, I think Christian Kirk has developed a lot better um, rhythm and uh, with uh, with Kyler Murray, so I might consider that. Also, Nelson Aguilar, as uh, I think we previously mentioned, he is going to be the number one receiver out there with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey out. So he is for sure going to see a lot of targets. Um, those two might be a little bit safer bets than Ridley, but um, as we saw last week uh, in the Philly game, uh, the Falcons did get it uh, Ridley a good amount, and he, he cashed in for a, a pretty good game. So, like I said, that is part of the boom or bust with him. So um, it could be could be a horse apiece. Ridley could go off. It, obviously, anything's possible. Projections don't really mean shit. But um, yeah, I would I would still consider Christian Kirk or uh, Nelson Aguilar in that position. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll trust your judgment on that. Yeah. Who uh who you quick pick as this week's winners? 
Fire round. Who wins? Uh, for this matchup? Yeah, this matchup. Jess versus Becca. Who wins? Yeah, um, I'll take I'll take Jess in this one. Joe Barnes versus you. Who wins? Um, I think Rodgers and Adams would have to really connect uh, and go off for at least two touchdowns. Rodgers might have to throw four touchdowns. Otherwise, I, I think I have a little bit more of an edge in that one. Fair enough. Colin versus Dave. Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott. Colin does have Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. I think Colin finally breaks the streak and gets his first win this week. I agree. I'm hoping so, or at least I feel like he should, given that lineup. All right, last but not least, we've got Charles versus myself. Who do you got? Uh, this one is this one could be really close. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your team. Um, I like your running backs a lot better. Um, yeah, Galladay, like you said, pretty good with the touchdowns. I think Murray can get three of them. I think it's a lot more likely that Murray puts up better points than Watson. So, yeah, I'll take your team. All right. Well, there you've got it, folks. That's our number two podcast for the year. Hope you have uh, feel like <laughs> you've enjoyed yourself as much as we have, because I guarantee you that this was one hour and a half that you will not get back. I'm Joe. That's John. We'll see you another time. Please come back. What's up, Santa? What's up, Santa? What's up, Santa?